Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Well, good afternoon again and welcome the DVD, CD program to the Church of God, Rocky Mount. The title to this message is Don't Give Your Past Power to Define Your Future. Actually, I saw that on a church sign and Teresa and I, myself, we were driving home and actually the church we got married at and, and, and I said, we got to write that down. <laughs> okay. Don't give your past power to define your future. And I think that's a very common problem with our thinking. In fact, I think we do just that. We give our past power to define what's ahead of us, to, to define our future. You know, it's a strange thing about human nature. It's, it, it's almost we're bent toward negativity often that someone can pay you a compliment and you say, yeah, that's nice. And you forget about it about five minutes later. Someone can criticize you and you'll focus on it for the next three months. I'm not sure why we're like that, but we need to get a hold of ourselves and, 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 and you know, at least give ourselves the, the, the same amount of, of credit when it comes to positivity, positive as we do negative things. We shouldn't allow negative things to be our focus day in and in day out. So I want to look at a, pe a group of people in Numbers 11 and verse 4 that wanted to look back at the past. You know the story, you don't even have to turn there. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. Sounds pretty good, by the way, you know, all those things mixed together. But uh, they were looking back. In fact, they were ruminating about the past. And I'll talk more about that word. That word will be a big issue in this message. They were ruminating about the past. Um, but before I talk more about that subject, I want to give you a, a song, the words to a song by one of my favorite groups. Again, living in the 70s, growing up in the 70s, I had a lot of, well, I don't know, I should say carnal-minded groups, but I guess a lot of carnal-minded songs. I was uh, a little bit gullible, I think, or maybe a little bit innocent. I, you know, I used to think, you know, Bob Seger, Night Moves, I loved that song. I thought it was about how the seasons moved at, at, at throughout the fall, winter, and, and all that. I, I didn't know it was about a couple in the back seat of the car <laughs> until I was about 40 years of age. Of course, I told Kelly that. And Kelly has a, well, I don't want to say perverse, but a, an unusual way of looking at things. I said, you know, I thought for 40 years, I thought that was talking about how the seasons move, night moves. And I said, I found out it's about a couple in the back seat of the car. And he said, well, how do you know they weren't married? <laughs> I guess, you know, there's the positive and the negative, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. 
all a matter how you look at things, I guess. <laughs> Don't look back. The song by Boston. A new day is breaking. It's been so long since I felt this way. I don't mind where I get taken. The road is calling. Today is the day. I can see it took so long just to realize. I'm much too strong not to compromise. Now I see what I am is holding me down. Now I see what I am is holding me down. Okay, what, what was it that was holding me down? Well, it was the tendency to look back. Don't look back. And I find out that this was holding me down. I'll turn it around. Oh, yes, I will. It's a bright horizon. Oh, I see myself in a brand new way. The sun is shining. The clouds are breaking. Because I can't lose now. There's no game to play. I can tell there's no more time to criticize. I've seen what I could not, I, I see, I, I've seen what I could not recognize. What could I not recognize? Well, my tendency to look back. And to keep looking back at the past and to ruminate about the past. Everything in my life was leading me on, but I can be strong. Oh, yes, I can. Now, what is the difference between ruminating about the past and reminiscing? That was another great song, by the way, Reminiscing by the Little River Band. Well, reminiscing, you're looking about back about pleasant things, maybe when you were dating, maybe... Uh, you know, it's positive things. To ruminate about your past, your sole focus is on the negative. That's pretty much the difference. It's focused on negative things. What is rumination? The meaning of rumination is the act of, or process of ruminating. Obsessive thinking, this is what it is about an idea, situation, or choice, a focusing on one's attention on negative or distressing thoughts or feelings. A focusing on one's attention on negative or depressing, distressing, excuse me, distressing, and I might add depressing, <laughs> distressing thoughts or feelings that when excessive or prolonged, if, in other words, if you keep doing this, you keep on and on doing this, may lead to episodes of depression. And I might add deep depression. Deep, sorrowful depression. Anxiety when you do this. What can we ruminate about? Well, here it is, anything negative. More than anything else, it will be something about a past event. And the group that I quoted earlier said, don't look back. Now, I have to admit, I have struggled with rumination. That's why I'm up here talking to you about it. <laughs> Which is a focus on negative things of the past. The key to doing it well, if that's your goal, it's got to be something negative. It's got to be something negative the key to doing it well. Ruminating is never positive. It is never, ever focused on the positive. You know, there's something called collective intellect. Some people have, I think about 30% of the world's population have something, something called collective intellect. Creative, excuse me. Creative intellect. I'm not reading my 
It'd help if I put on my glasses. Creative intellect. Creative intellect is, uh, it's like everything else. It, it, there's a positive, but there's a vice to it. Creative intellect, you can think about things. You can create things in your mind. You can build things. You can do things. You can accomplish things. And it's, it's creative intellect. But the vice is, you can take that creative intellect and create nightmares. It's one of the things that we do when we ruminate. We create nightmares that may not even be true. They're just nightmares. Well, I think this, I think that. And it's negative, 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 negative. And none of, it may not even be true. Creative intellect. You create horror stories with your creative intellect. Ruminating makes us feel terrible. So why do we do it? <laughs> you ever ask that stuff your question? Why do I do something that I know is going to make me feel terrible when I do it? But I do it anyway. The Apostle Paul challenged himself and all Christians to keep moving forward in Christian walk, in the Christian walk of faith. You need to turn to this in Philippians 3 and verse 13. Philippians 3 and verse 13. What a powerful scripture. What, I mean, it's almost as if he's asking us to do something to me, especially if you like to ruminate about negative things. It almost seems impossible. Brethren, I count my, not myself. Philippians 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I hadn't gotten there yet. But this one thing I do, now what's this one thing I'm going to do? And I'm asking you to do it also. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of, of God in Christ Jesus. But this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind. I look at that and I think, Paul, are you crazy? Do you realize what you're saying? Do you realize what you're asking me to do? These are the very things that we ruminate about, okay? <laughs> These are the things I spend most of my days thinking about. And you're saying, forget them. Forget them. Put it behind you. Don't look back. When Paul said he was forgetting those things which are behind, he's referred to not looking back at past relationships, memories, failures, temptations, or anything that might distract from a single-minded focus on the upward call of God in Christ. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I want to challenge you to do this. You know, you think about what a way to start your day off. What a novel idea. Man, I, I, I'm going to face my day forgetting about the past and only looking forward to the future. Well, honestly, I'm not good at it. But what a way, 
What a way to start your day off. The words forgetting in Philippians 3 verse 13 means dismissing from the mind or paying no attention to. To forget in this way is to stop dwelling on something. To win the race, a runner must, dis must dis dismiss every distraction from his mind. He must not rehash every early misstep or dwell on the mistakes along his course. Can you imagine running a marathon? And you know, you're running and you think, oops, I almost tripped and you stop. And you go back and you think, let me see what I did wrong here. Now let's, let's think about, and the runners are already a mile ahead of you. As you just sit there and you think about, okay, I, I misstepped. I made a mistake. Let me go back and look at that. It's crazy. I was reading a documentary about Michael Jackson and, uh, you know, the moonwalk. I'd give a million dollars if I could do that. <laughs> if I could come up here like what? By moonwalking. <laughs> but you know, he came from a di very dysfunctional family system. His father abused him, and he never had a childhood. You're going to be a success, and that's it, and we will tolerate nothing less. Powerful abuse when you're denied as a kid to have a childhood. And we wonder why people turn out so weird and strange. His father was a mean, cruel, evil person. Well, anyway, I was watching that and, you know, he was doing this little moonwalk thing. And, and, and at the end of it, he, he goes up on his toes and he, he messed up. And he, it drove him crazy. He, he would ruminate about... I, I did it wrong, I did it wrong, I did it wrong, I did it wrong, I didn't do it right. And he would, just, he would just obsess on it, ruminating about that. I recently said something about that in one of my older programs, and some guy posted, so you listen to Michael Jackson. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to listen to you no more, or something like that. I'm thinking, I didn't even say I, well, I, yeah, I have listened to Michael Jackson, uh, but I don't make it a normal thing to do it now, but I do have old, some old CDs of Michael Jackson, and, and I, I just wrote back and I said, look, I'm impressed with how he, moon, anybody that can moonwalk, I'm impressed with, okay. <laughs> but anyway, you get some weird ones out there. Forgetting what is behind, is Paul's? It's Paul's way of saying, don't look back. Don't dwell on the past. Don't let anything behind you interfere with your present progress of future effort. Don't give your past power to define your future. Now, of all the writers in the Bible, the one who is most disqualified to tell us, just forget your past and put it behind you, is probably the Apostle Paul. Galatians 1 and verse 13, you don't have to turn there, but you've heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure, I wonder what that means, beyond measure. You can't measure it. You can't put it up against a measuring stick and, and weigh the consequences of what I did. I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. How do you ask forgiveness from people you have killed? 
You know, and when my mother was sick, I've told this story before, but I, I said something I shouldn't have said, and I never got to say, I'm sorry, before she passed away. And, you, you know, there's really, that's the past, okay? You can't fix the past. What's done is done, you know? And Paul, Paul himself was, was determined to forget or dismiss from his mind the former way of life which he, which he, when he violently persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Paul goes to, you know, he's, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are per perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And then he says later, and you don't have to turn there, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 15, this you know that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. They abandoned him. They forsook him. They rejected him. He quit dwelling on the hindrances and hurdles of persecution, imprisonment, and abandonment in his past. Instead, he stretched toward what was ahead of him. He looked forward to the resurrection of his body and meeting his Savior face to face. <laughs> Philippians, uh, you don't have to turn there, 3 and verse uh, 20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Man, what a scripture. That's talking about looking forward. Don't look back. Don't look behind you. Don't ruminate about the past mistakes. Look forward. Don't look back. Why do we ruminate? Well, it's a, it's a constant focus. Rumination is a constant focus on your distress. Okay. It's a constant focus on your distress. What's distressing you? What's stressing you out? Okay, that's what you ruminate on. That's what you focus on. All right. There's no focus on a solution. Now get this. If you're a ruminator, and I have been, let me give you some advice. There's no focus on a solution. Solution would be positive. No, there's no solution. There's no, there's no focus on the solution. In fact, your focus is on the fact, or what you think, there is no solution. <laughs> that's, that's the ruminator. There is no solution. There's nothing that... There's no solution. That's what you ruminate about. Now, what causes us to ruminate? I'm going to go through some things here. Blame. Number one, blame. Who's to blame? It can be self, self-condemnation, or it can be someone else. But often we ruminate on, okay, who's to blame for this? It's, it's got to be somebody out there to blame. And I'm going to ruminate on that, that, that individual, that person, or it could be yourself. And that's where self-condemnation comes in at. Who's to blame for this? That's one reason we ruminate. The second one, why me? It's not fair. It's not fair what has happened to me. It's not fair that God allowed this to happen to me. 
You know, someone said that, and I didn't know what they were talking about when they said it, but they said, you know, in forgiveness, sometimes we have to forgive God for the illusion that, well, Lord, you allowed this to happen. Well, no, things happen. Things happen. Okay. But it was just a, an idea that I had never thought about, that in forgiveness, sometimes we have to forgive God. Why did you allow this to happen? Number three, we ruminate on past relationships. Notice I said past relationship. What did Paul say about the past? Forgetting. Yeah, back. Yeah, forgetting. Past events, number four. And often with past events, you ruminate on, well, I, I could have done better. I could have done something to stop this. I could have, I could have, you know, if I'd just done things differently in my life, if I'd have known what to do, how to do it, what I should have done, we, we ruminate on, you know, I could have done it better or whatever, past events. And, but Paul says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Okay. The fifth one about rumination is we focus on our current mood. <clears throat> what I feel at the moment. Boy, that can be devastating right there. You know, I mean, you can wake up and think, I feel like, I can't say it. Uh, and you focus on your current mood. But you know, your moods do change. They can change. This too shall pass. Just give it some time. It, it's, it'll probably change. <laughs> but in rumination, it's often about our, our mood, what I feel at the moment. Number six, about why we ruminate. Problem solve. What? can I do about it? We, we focus and, fo and then we ruminate. What can I do about it? Many people ruminate as a way of thinking their way to a solution. They may, they may feel that repetitive, repetitive thinking may help. Now I can relate to this one because I'm a fix-it man. So if I, I can fix this if I just think about it long enough. If I just keep focusing on it, if I can just keep thinking about it, there is a solution, there's a solution. I ruminate and ruminate and ruminate, and I can eventually fix it. No, there's some things you can't fix. You can't fix the past and what has happened. You can't fix it. Now, if something in your past, if it's something in your past, you can't fix it, all you have is a future. I think, again, the example of Paul. How do you ask for forgiveness for someone you've taken their life? Okay, how do you, how do, how do, I can't resurrect my mother and, and say, I'm sorry for what I did. All right, that's in the past. I can't, I can't do anything about that. You can't fix it. Living in the now, the power of the now. Someone said life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. <laughs> Look, if you have sinned or sinned against another, yeah, there's something you can do. You can repent and ask God for forgiveness, and you can forgive yourself. That's what you can do now. But you can't change the past mistakes. All right, what to do about rumination? You know, for a lot of us, we just think, well, it just comes natural. I can't do anything about it. My destiny is to be a ruminator. <laughs> I'm going to give you some things you can do. Number one, identify.
and you are ruminating and fully recognize that it's not helpful. Okay? Just identify it when you're doing it and say, say it out loud. This is not helpful. Number two, label the thinking pattern, and rumination is a thinking pattern. It's the way we think. This is rumination, and it's not helpful. Say it out loud. Number three, realize it is a violation of the Scripture. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. You want to be like Paul? You want to take his instruction? This is one thing you do, forgetting those things which are behind. Don't do he doesn't say ruminate about them. He says forget them. Number four. What to do about rumination? The hyper focus on me leads to pain. Rumination is the me loop. And it will drive you crazy. Rumination is the me loop. And believe me, it's a loop. And I know what I'm talking about. I know from experience. When you're in the me loop, you don't even see other people. You don't know what they're feeling. You don't even know what day it is. You, your, your whole weeks are a blur. They just, what has happened? I mean, what am I doing? Where am I going? It's the me loop. You can be consumed with this me loop. Number five. What to do about rumination? Rumination only hurts you. Identify it. I am doing something that I know only hurts me. It's not helping. It's not helping anybody. It's not, it's not making things better. It only hurts me. Six. Label it for what it is. This is rumination, and it's only hurting me. Again, say it out loud when you're up against it. Okay, what am I doing here? All right, this is rum I'm ruminating, and it's, only, it's not helping. It's only hurting me. Just say it out loud. You know, holding on to emotions like bitterness and unforgiveness can slow us down and even keep us locked in the past. Rehearsing conflicts and rehashing hurtful episodes will only open old wounds. Guilt and despair over past sins may also keep us chained to the past. But God does, not hold, God does not hold our past sins against us, and neither should we hold them against us. Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. You know, chief. If there was ever a man that could have been chained to his past, it was the Apostle Paul. If there was ever a man that had reason to ruminate and get stuck in the me loop of what he did. Killed people. Killed, killed off the Christian church as best, you know. It was the Apostle Paul. It was the Apostle Paul. So let's conclude with Philippians 3 and verse 13 again. Philippians 3 and verse 13. We read it earlier. Earlier, we're going to read it again. Philippians 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark 
for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Bottom line, don't give your past power to define your future. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.